0: all this knew that this was coming folks um we have some uh inductions into the former oakland great uh hall of fame uh julio you take it wait let the music build up for a second now julio you take it away these are probably uh i would say gotta be top top 10 all-time former oakland greats
1: potentially definitely since we started we're, we're, we're going to need this, we started though. the former Oakland Grey Hall of Fame, at least. That's the sound of the log. We need is opening. Joshua Isaiah Harrison. Andrew Ger- Gregory Chafin. Jacob Tanner Diekman. Christopher... Michael Bassett. Oakland A's 2015 to 2021. One-time All-Star. Matt James Chapman. The fact that his full name is a Matthews kind of interesting. I never knew that.
0: Yeah, that's that's super weird, right? I don't don't know if I'd agree with that. His parents need a stern talking to. Uh,
1: 2017 through 2021. A one-time All-Star, three-time Gold Glove winner.
0: Chappie was only one. One two twenty
1: nineteen. Yeah, that was. I was at Angel Stadium.
0: What? Uh, I was at Angel you didn't Stadium two thousand eighteen
1: when it was announced that he was going to be an All-Star. And he had a home run. I was, anyways.
0: That's highway robbery. Matthew didn't get in. What? Matthew Kent Olson.
1: 2016 through 2021. One time All-Star. Two time Gold Glove winner. Only winning two Gold Gloves is fucking criminal, by the way, but... Yeah.
0: All of the well, players... Was he, the he was
1: 2019 too, right? All-Star?
0: One time. Just last year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There wasn't an All-Star game in 2020, so it doesn't count. Welcome
1: to the town tailgate, everybody. Everything is <clears throat>
0: awful. Uh, it, you know... Immediate reaction would be that I would say, Julio. But I think what we're going to get into in the second half of this podcast, there's a lot of optimism, as you know. At least I have a lot of optimism. Um, hey, this I feel like I've sold you a little bit on some of it though. No, I'm I'm I get it,
1: yeah, sucks, but hey, I think this is a lot of potential with this lineup. So, Chris, before we jump into that, what do we got for
0: the docket today? What are we going to be talking about? Today, we are going to share a few of our... Oh, excuse me. Sorry about that. There's a fly that walked, just went right into my face. I was going uh, say, fly
1: walked, dude. Get the hell out of that house. The fly <laughs> was walking.
0: We're going to go through the trade halls for um, for the three big trades that the A's made in the offseason. Chris Bassett, uh, Matt Olson, and Matt Chapman, which, again... Uh, um we'll try and help you guys see some optimism on that um talk about some of the new additions that the a's made a couple of uh, uh familiar faces three to be exact oh i guess four mckinney i guess is the fourth um and then uh, me and julio are going to um talk about what the potential lineups are going to be um this coming opening day um and for the season and what we could see from the personnel that's left over for the a's but first julio free agency has happened uh there's been a ton of big moves. Literally, like. I think it was t- uh, there wasn't any moves directly after the uh, after the lockout ended but it was like 12 hours later cuz you know the agents have to start calling the teams and stuff like that but it just went like it was like 48 straight hours of boom 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 every hour there was another big signing um so we're not going to go through all of them and said me and who are going to share each three of our favorites um um and uh you know what about those moves that we liked whether it be the money whether it be the fit whether it be whatever um so we're gonna do it that way if you guys want to check out uh want to know more about um some of the big signings that happened you can go to mlb.com they have a trade a free agent tracker there they even have at the very top um uh, uh the uh, top uh 15 uh moves according to mlb.com so you can kind of like get a, a little bit of a Uh, a quick preview on, on what the biggest moves are. You don't have to go through every single sign and every single team did. So there's that Uh, Julio. You want to share your, your three first and then I'll go.
1: Yeah. I'm going to give first off with, I feel like we do this kind of consistently. We don't realize this, but a little love for the giants because I really like the Carlos Rodon signing. Uh, they signed him to a two-year, $44 million year, around $22 million a year.
0: Dude, that was sneaky, by the way. Sneaky as shit. And I think yeah, it's like, it was like in between two big moves, and no one really saw it except for Giants fans. Just like, what the fuck? Like, the Giants got Carlos yeah. Rondon. That's huge.
1: Yeah, especially like seeing what Kevin Gosman, the length of his contract and how much he got paid, that probably stood yeah. out for the Giants. Only a two-year deal. So it's like,
0: if it, he can do opinion, it in those two years. In my opinion, an improvement, too.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's a great deal on both sides because... We all know that Oracle Parks pitcher friendly. Go there for a couple of years. If you can really hold it down, then the Giants got the money to spend, and they'll willing to spend it like up it for you. So I think that's a win-win on both sides. Great deal for him. Um, I really, really, a lot of people kind of overshadowed that Yankees Twins trade where the Twins got Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela, and the Yankees got uh, Josh Donaldson. Everybody kind of overshadowed it because the John- Donaldson name. Isaiah Kyer for an F- Falefa. Tore up last year for the Rangers. The guy can play multiple positions in the infield, in including catcher. He was a gold glove winner, and he's a pretty consistent How old is back. He? He's still pretty young. I can, yeah. Um. Uh, but, like, to me, I think the one issue that the Yankees will have at that infield, and I think a lot of Yankee fans will tell you, is it's not the most – he's 27. He just mm-hmm. turned 27. Okay. Um, it's not the most athletic, versatile in infield. But now you're going to have a guy who, cool, you need Donson to take a day off at third. Great. Put Kind Kyner Falefa there. Put Glaber at second. DJ will play second. You need mm-hmm. yeah, Glaber needs a day off at second. Cool. Put for there. And you just keep rotating him around. I know some people are kind of saying like, oh, he's a stopgap player. But no, dude, this guy's really undervalued. And I think Yankee fans are actually going to come around to him to see how good he had been in Texas the last couple of years. And then last but not least, I'm just going to say the obvious one of Freddie Freeman going to the Dodgers. This is potentially, at least in our lifetimes, going to be one of the best lineups ever. Where there is a every player in this lineup has been an all-star. There's going to be at least two or three of these guys who are going to be going in the Hall of Fame. And now that you got a DH too, so now like, cool, you're just going to rotate out muncie and taylor at second and dh spot and then freddie give him a day off then muncie can go play first he's a gold glove gall- caliber first baseman so many moving pieces with this team the offense somehow got better will it matter the end of rotation waiting for a few other episodes when we talk about that but on
0: paper though the star power in la it draws again
1: and it, they look awesome
0: yeah i mean losing max scherzer sucks but like if you can if you're going to Average like fucking almost. This is an exaggeration, by the way. But if you're gonna average like almost ten runs a game, like <laughs> you, it, it'll be fine. You know what I mean? Like you can just kind of scrap together what rotation you can. Which the the Dodgers are not scrapping together any rotation. They still have good guys, but it's not quite the level that it's been the past couple years. That they're the depth
1: of the rotation is not what it used to be. But they're if Trevor Bauer can play this year, and they're gonna let him play for the Dodgers. Then that could really change
0: the subject of that. But I haven't seen any update on that though. I don't know he what the status is. He got suspended
1: until, or he's on leave until like middle of April, while well, that gets figured out. It's so messy. what's
0: their rotation now? It's it's obviously Kershaw. He just resigned. Bueller, Urias, Bueller, Kershaw, Urias. and then um, Redhead. What's They resigned Dan Duffy? No, Dustin, um, Dustin, Dustin uh, May still out. Yeah, Tommy John. Oh, he's remember? still hurt. He's still hurt. Tony Gonsolin yeah. is
1: there. I mean, yeah. David Price can be. I'd imagine they're probably going to bullpen it unless they can make a trade or if they can get something somebody for cheap and just kind of get some dudes back there. But
0: either way, damn, Scherzer does kind of hurt. But still, like if you have Bueller and you have Kershaw and you have Urias at the top of your rotation that's still really fucking good dude
1: and then if bauer comes back then that's your first four then i think you're good but and then the sure ro- ro- but, even, then the, the but even with those three alone
0: mess. even those three alone like that's i would be worried going into a rotate into a playoff series again and them. then the bullpen
1: is a mess now
0: no, no yeah uh kenley no more joe kelly so we'll see yeah. chris what do you have so my favorite is hands down the josh donaldson audition I thought that was like super sneaky um and he's like a perfect fit for the Yankees like especially it, it, I I. feel like he's kind of fallen off the face of the earth um in terms of notoriety in the baseball like fan community release recently because you know I, I think it was like, a couple seasons after his MVP season he had a season-long injury so he's kind of hurt and he came back and he he played really good for the Twins. He played really good for the Braves. He put up good numbers. Like, he's still hitting around, like, 270, still hitting, like, 30 bombs. Like, and he's a great – he's great defensively. And, like, the Yankees especially could really use that. Like, their defense was all over the place last year, it felt like. He's a huge step up from Gio Urshela, who I thought was, like, super overrated. But Yankee fans, because they're Yankee fans, they, like, talked about him like he was the second coming of Christ or something. Um but I think he's going to be some defensive stability that that infield, like, desperately needs. Um, uh, let me see. Fun uh, fact. Obviously – Josh okay.
1: Donaldson's ever won a gold glove.
0: Yeah, that that's really tough. Like, he's he's had a tough go at it because he – like, he had it – his first two years were the same – were kind of the end of the Adrian area era. You're never going to beat Adrian Beltre in a in – a, um, in a uh in a gold club third base contest it's just not gonna happen and then like right when adrian beltray um retired uh, uh chapman. Like matt chapman kind of came up though one of those seasons he did play in the nl um when he played for the braves last year so he had a, he could have gotten it um no, last year but Nolan oh no <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah i was yeah, like sorry man you're not gonna win it there either. yeah yeah interesting all um, right what do you got next my next one uh oh freddie freeman obviously for all the the reasons that you said i i think this makes their infield just absolutely dominant now and there's a lot of versatility max munsky once can play three of the four positions um obviously you have you have a uh trey turner at at shortstop who's who's a stud justin turner is the only one that really worries me but you still have chris taylor who can plug in there and play play in the infield um he's probably gonna start in the outfield but you know That's the great thing about Chris, Chris Taylor is he's like probably the best, uh, utility player in, in, in the, in the league. Um, and then, uh, which we're going to go over, you know, in a little bit when we talk about the A's, um, uh, you know, law or transactions, but like, I think Chris Bassett is like fucking huge, um, for, uh. Oh my God! Why am I a doing... number three pitcher? Uh, fucking the Mets! Sorry, yeah, yeah. He, like that's that's a he was our ace and now he's he's is he the number three pitcher? Well, you're not. He's not going
1: to be ahead to Gromer Serger.
0: That's what I'm saying. And then yes, yeah. and S- then S- S- it's going to be him,
1: Taiwan Walker, and Carlos Carrasco. Oh,
0: Taiwan Walker, yeah. Which is
1: that is some horses there those are guys yeah i
0: guess who... he would be number three i i no, i was thinking number four i wasn't i wasn't thinking one or two but uh, that, yeah, that's yeah. The, uh, that's why i was just like man like you know one of their big issues last year was was it, it felt like pitching i felt like the was the only one doing anything but now i mean oh my god that that's gonna be if they can get their offense together and they can like be stable and be consistent like they are a fucking scary team in a playoff uh, um, series. Tywan Walker
1: had kind of an underrated year.
0: And then he was only there for Stroman half the season, had, though.
1: Yeah. And then Strowman was decent, too. He, was, he had some years, but it's like what Bassett and Schurz are going to do there is going to be pretty wild. It's yeah. It's going to be.
0: As, as much as it hurts and, to happen. And but. I think the Mets kind of learned from their woes a little bit last season with the the inconsistent play from a lot of their their batting order. They got, like, guys who are known for their consistency and Mark Hanna and Starley Marte and, and these guys who can kind of, like, ground out the batting order a little bit. And, yeah. And, and, and you can plug and play them anywhere in the batting order and they can get production out of the guys around them, you know?
1: I think that the argument could have made that Canna and Marte would probably be up there for... The best moves because if you think about it, you know, what's your job as a leadoff hitter, at least the modern day leadoff hitter, is to see as many pitches as you can, right? Yeah. There's not many people who are better at that than Mark Hanna. So yeah, having just... him in front of Pete Alonso and
0: Francisco Lindor now doing that. Not many people not many people in in the league are better than both those guys. Those are like probably two of the top 10 guys at just getting on base in in Major League Baseball. Yeah. And you put those guys in front of Pete Alonso at, at hitting at 4? Oh my I mean your your run your run differential is going to just go up with that alone. And yeah, I mean I think it was a great move. I think the Mets are definitely going to be a force to be reckoned with this season.
1: We said that last year. We said that every year. But, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. When but last year these... the
0: Braves were a machine. This year they are still a machine, but they lost their best player. It's going to be a different – I know the Braves were... got
1: better, though.
0: We'll talk – we'll talk – we'll say this – we'll pencil this down. Say that for the preview pod. We'll... Yeah, yeah. The preview pods. But, um... yeah, I, I actually I, – I'm curious to see how I'm going to do with the exercise that we normally do for the preview pod in and, and ranking them. Um, cause I remember last year thinking like I was going to have the Mets, um, take the East, but I ended up having the Braves do it. Um, yeah, because they just wanted a, a different categories. Anyway, we can move on. Um, uh, the trade halls, Julio. Um, should we just talk about the, the, the three, that, that the, the yeah. three big ones? Yeah. The
1: three, well, I think those are the major ones, but I think that's something that we, I got to talk to you about before we jump into this, which yeah. is we didn't really have, we didn't get a chance to record immediately after the lockout ending, which I think all of us are just relieved that this is all over with. Yeah. Um, But it seems like what was always been, what has been a problem for the last five years is 10 years is still going to be a problem, which is teams like the A's, the Guardians, the Pirates, the Reds, they're still going to play this fake poor shit. Mm-hmm. And obviously, what has happened <laughs> since that trade deadline, or since the baseball came back, A's traded away three of their stars. The Reds have started a fire sale. Traded Sonny Gray, Jesse Winker. Nick Castellanos. E Eugenio, Saños, or e- Eugenio Suarez. Castellanos signs away somewhere else. And it's just... It, we're going to get to all the exciting parts of what happens with these trades, but it's kind of depressing to think that, like, nothing changed for us. Nothing's going to change for these franchises like those after all that happened. The players are going to be taken a little bit care of, but as a franchise as a whole, nothing got changed to incentivize those teams from actually remaining competitive and being spending a little bit money, which I think is total bullshit. That was just my rant for that. I wanted to, I've been wanting
0: to say that for a few weeks now. So so I'm glad speaking of of the end of the lockout, it feels like all the right changes and decisions were made except for the, the payroll minimum, which is like the one thing that's really just keeping this game and franchises like ours, the ones that we watch um, from growing popularity if anything it's it's kind of like ruining it a little bit um but you know like like expanding the playoffs which i've been a big advocate for for years thank god they did do a 12-team Killer. playoff so three wild card teams which is going to go into my shtick in uh once we get into these um uh, potential lineups next next season um uh they're doing the ghost yeah universal dh um uh, awesome. which we all saw that coming though uh they they're continuing the ghost runner for this season. I don't know if they're going to do it after the season. I don't know how I feel about it quite yet. Yeah. I, I I personally believe that after 12 innings we should just tie. Um but you know we'll see. The the ghost Americans runner, don't like to tie. You should know that. I know the sports like, don't like to tie. Well, I'm a soccer fan, so I'm a little bit more yeah, used yeah. to ties than other people, I guess. Um and then um uh, uh pitch clock is gonna be um, um, something they're gonna kind of look at because let's be honest like that's probably the biggest thing is that uh, if you if you have a chance listeners you should go on YouTube and and uh, and go on and google or and search for um, uh, modern day uh, pitch like um, speed or, or sorry not speed uh, modern they they have videos that compare like Dennis Eckersley um, throwing like three pitches um uh back in the day compared to like max scherzer throwing pitches and like the amount of time it takes max scherzer to throw three pitches is like 10 times longer than it took dennis eckersley to to do his whole shtick like it's insane how pitchers they just take so much fucking time these days to throw their pitch to take a lap around the fucking mound they get goddamn ready. millennials they, chris it's They're just ruining baseball like, it, it it okay? It's just uh, they just it it it's an, it's insane. So like they're they're adding in the pitch clock and they're they're making all the right moves, but it seems like the one main move that they're not doing is trying to retain stars in small markets. I don't know how like it. That's always going to be an issue unless they they find a way to fix it. Anyway, the we'll weird thing is,
1: yeah, it doesn't have to be an issue because <coughs> other sports are able to do that. Just baseball can't figure that shit out. honestly want a goddamn exactly. title in Milwaukee. Also, the thing I loved is um, starting next year, every team is playing each other. That's tight. I'm yeah. hell excited for that. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to go ahead and lead us off here with the Chris Bassett trade to the Mets. This was the first cut. And, of course, the first cup is the, cut is the deepest. Um, the oh, A's God. received two pitching right-handed pitching prospects in the deal. J.T. Jin. I can't wait to see the signs in Oakland for that. And then Adam Aller. Uh Chris, you are our, I guess, uh, college baseball prospect extraordinaire. And I guess, um, you know, reading a, about these guys the last few weeks, how are you feeling like in this trade? So in this
0: particular trade, I I was really high on Jin. Um, he he's a he's a slider in and in a high fastball pitcher. He throws like around ninety five. Um, he went to Mississippi State, which is like. We talked about it at the during the college baseball or college World Series last year um, when we did like those updates. Um, is uh, one of the best uh, baseball programs in in college baseball. Um, so he's definitely cream of the crop in in that aspect because they get all these great prospects. Um, but yeah, reading up on him, he's got great control um, um, and and he's a classic A's pitcher. He's a low slider pitcher. He's going to get the ball in in play and he's going to rely on the defense to 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 make a lot of a lot of uh, uh a lot of the outs for him. Um he he had a little bit of uh of a uh, he's only really been in in double a, but he's just dominated in double a. Um yeah, I, I just see a lot of potential in him in terms of like a middle middle starter, a middle rotation starter. He's not going to be an ace. He's not going to be like a Frankie Montas or anything like that, but he's going to be really good, really consistent and um the thing that I found most interesting about the Chris Bassett moves and the Matt Olsen moves where all the prospects they got are ready to be brought up. So it's – I was texting you about this, Julio. It's I find it interesting that, you know, it it felt like a fire sale at first and that we were just doing a full rebuild. But I don't necessarily know if it's a full rebuild because I'm looking at the prospect list and almost every prospect is expected to – um, be in the big leagues, 2022, 2022, 2022, 2023. Like, like I, it, I think it's a classic Billy Bean move where it's like I love to, I, I can't stand losing so much and I want to win, that I want to win as soon as possible. So he, I don't think he wants this rebuild to go longer than two years. And the cool thing about with aller uh, he was
1: actually the Mets minor league pitcher of the year in their organization last year, which is pretty killer to have. Yeah. Another interesting thing too is he was on the Mets 40 man roster before he got mm-hmm. traded. So because of that, he will automatically be on the A's 40 man roster. So like you mentioned, we're gonna see him this year.
0: Yeah. Is he gonna be on the opening day roster? I don't know. He might be bullpen. He because our bullpen's kind of a mess right now. We could probably yeah. use some young help. Yeah.
1: It's it's definitely gonna get some young help there. Um I, I but, like it. I think the one Jin, thing people Jin, are... But Jin okay,
0: okay. is definitely the prize. Jin is definitely the prize. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just wanted to say real no, quick. Jin right, is definitely right. the prize of that trade. And he's going to be He's gonna be like a Chris Bassett. He's going to be like a middle of the rotation type of starter. I think Chris Bassett exceeded our expectations. So, but yeah. Which leads to my point. A lot of Ace Twitter because,
1: you know, I love it. Look, honestly, Ace Twitter is awesome. I have so yeah. much more fun in Ace Twitter than on Warriors Twitter because if things go bad for the Warriors. Totally. It just gets really soured downhill and just fingers thrown everywhere. But um, there was a lot of negativity with this trade because they're like, Chris Bassett was our ace, all this other stuff. Yes, he was. He was an all star, he was ace, he was a leader. But realistically, Chris Bassett is 33 years old, 34, and he yeah. just had his first really good year. He was yeah. in the organization for almost seven years there was not going to be any of a higher like picks or guys we could bring in a bigger haul like these other two guys that we'll talk about in a minute reality was there probably wasn't a full big of a market that the a's thought there were because of those intangibles so i think chris actually ends up in a pretty good situation where the pressure's not on him to perform you got two other guys in front of you who are One's a lock Hall of Famer. One is making his case to get there. You're like, dude, just do enough. This is the perfect place for him to go to to continue his career. And, of course, we're going to be rooting for and him. And he's surrounded
0: we, by his boys.
1: Yeah, with Canna and I don't know how boys he is with, with Marte, but yeah. Well, we're always going to root for him because yeah. he's a the guy's a rock star. He was really the heart of this team for those couple years. Mm-hmm. All righty, Chris. Let's go to the next heartbreak, which oh, and was...
0: and real quick, it adds to our rotation depth that we have building over these next two years, which is important.
1: <laughs> now, the most, arguably, the most handsome may have got traded. I think he is.
0: <laughs> He's like... It's not arguably; it's a fact.
1: uh I, I, I should have brought up the poll, I asked, "What was? Are you going to miss the most about Matt Olson?" I voted his, for his hair, for sure. His play, his hair. Or his his, uh, his bat, his defense, his hair, his smile. Yeah. And I think uh, the hair was actually pretty far ahead.
0: I voted for it. His hair is pretty on Perfect point. helmet hair. Just yeah. the
1: Clanchman is the one that pointed it out. And just oh, ever since she? then, that's all I Yeah, got he from. would
0: always, like, take his helmet off and you just kind of, like, whip it back and just, like, put his hands through it. You know what I mean? He's kind of like in Shrek too, when Prince
1: Charming, like, does the... Like,
0: yeah. Thing. Anyways. Yes. Big yes. trade. Yes. That's the perfect um, way to explain it.
1: So the A's traded Matt Olson to the Atlanta Braves, and they got an absolute haul. And I think we were absolutely damn excited about this one. Yes. Uh, starting outfielder, center fielder, Kristen Pache, who has once won their price prospects over the last couple of years, mm. comes with Oakland in that trade. Shay Lengreliers, catcher, he was the, A- the Braves minor league player of the year last year. Um, absolute stud behind the plate uh Ryan Kusick and then Joey Estes the last two right-handed pitchers this ru- this ruled this was an awesome trade I think for both teams mm-hmm. um but uh, we're gonna miss Matt obviously it's, yeah it, but it's just like this we've been through this before what were kind of a couple of the stand-up things for you when this one
0: I mean we got the two, probably the future two best players of our team Two of our three. I mean, Tyler Soderstrom actually is probably going to be our best player yeah. in about in about two or three seasons. But um, Christian Pache could very well be that person. And and um, or pa- is it Pache? Oh, I'm sorry. Pa- I, I don't Pache. I, Pache. Pache. Yeah, Pache. That's a cool way to say that. Um, um, and uh, the the thing that is confusing to me was was the the L'Engleers, uh Uh, addition to that because we already have Soderstrom who's a catcher it looks like Soderstrom is probably going to be moved to first base especially now um and but then we also have uh, Sean Murphy who's under contract till 2027 he's a gold glove uh nominee catcher um he did have a rough year um um uh, with his bat last year but it was his first full season I don't expect him to you know completely mold into that yet um I don't know. I mean, what what do you think about that? That's I I I Langeliers is a uh, is a is a better prospect um than than Sean Murphy was, which is really interesting. So it's like, I know you had talked about maybe they're looking to trade Murphy before, but I have not read a single thing that they're they're testing the waters with with Murph at all. I don't. Yeah, I I don't get it, and.
1: Um, I know that the, this organization loves having their catching depth, that's yeah. no secret at all. Just think about the guys they've had over the last few years. And we've kind of been into the hype of like this two man rotation and behind the plate for some time. Because I remember when we had um, Alex coffee last year, she was really high on RS, RMS Mar- Garcia, that didn't pan out. Yeah, we both were big fans of Jonah Hine before he got traded. And then Austin Allen just kind of lingering around the system, but like Shea Langelier's already shot past all those guys, just from walking in that building. He's an absolute defensive like stud. Some of the I saw a video last night or a couple of days ago where like, oh, the early comp in terms of defense is Pudge, which is like yeah. To, like don't run on the him. scouting so, reports
0: say that he's going to be a perennial gold glove nominee like no gold glove finalist. like he's yeah. he's that like his his calling card is his defense his bat is just his power and it's not he's not a good hitter he's a good power hitter so his the power in his bat is just an addition to his amazing defense i just it just sucks from this whole situation because you know unfortunately
1: murph's career kind of got kind of hit like every a lot of other baseball players because of covid where yeah. each Murph didn't have get to have a full year. Murph should have had a full season in 2020. Yeah, have yeah. that going there. Um, but that being said, is, something's gonna give at some point. Whether it be a position change, which I don't think either of those guys are gonna change position. They're both, you know, Murph won a freaking Gold Glove last year. Or yeah, they're
0: both great defensively. It doesn't make sense. Someone's gonna
1: it. get traded, and I would think yeah, the outlook will, was gonna be Murph because I think by the time like Langolier's ready to be your everyday guy and you just have another kind of solid backup catcher then what Murph would be at that point could potentially bring in a lot more so this isn't a I don't think Murph's gonna get traded anytime soon yeah I think next offseason maybe waters a little bit yeah. yeah maybe summer of 2023 trade deadline that'll happen but I don't think he's going anywhere this year season at least
0: yeah, you don't want to position change either of these guys. They're too, they're both studs at, at, at what they do, but also, uh, that was my original thought when they got him. I was like, oh, okay, maybe they're. Go-. I remember I texted you about this. Maybe they're going back to the um, platoon at catcher, um, because it worked so well with Murph and Jonah Heim in twenty twenty in twenty nineteen. But I I just don't think you want to restrict either of these guys, um, in terms of games they they should play because they're they're yeah I mean. I, I, one thing about uh, about um, Lang- Langelier's uh, uh, scouting report that I saw that was really interesting was that um, he is a clubhouse um, like favorite, uh, and he um, is a great leader in the clubhouse. Um, he's been known for that in all every single level that he's played. He's played the game, um, and they say that's like one of his best qualities. Um, in ter- as a baseball player, um, like pe- just guys respect him in the clubhouse and he gets along really well with his pitchers and pitchers, um, respect his, uh, input in terms of calling a game. Um, and I think that's really important. I do feel like that's one thing that, that it, I, you know, I don't, I don't know for sure, but it felt like Murph was, was missing out on some with at least some guys, uh, last year in the pitching staff, like Murph and Montas. They never clicked. Yeah. And wasn't it Shambania too? Wasn't it like, uh, like, Mania had, like, was 9-1 and one with, uh, with, um... Yeah, Faces, yeah, that's uh, right. Jan Gomes catching, and then, and then Murph caught, like, Murph caught, like, a really important, crucial game at the end of the season, um, and it, and they lost it. Yeah, I, I mean, I just, so, so, there's something that's not personality-wise clicking that Murph has, um, but it sounds like, um, Lane ha- Langeliers has that, so, it's- um... Braves yeah. fans were not happy
1: with parting him.
0: I watched no. a, I've watched been watching um, mm-hmm.
1: Farm to Fame. It's like one of the John Boy, like their minor league pod that they do. Nice. And um, they were talking about like, yeah, Shea Langer leaders. Like they were pulling poly- like, yeah, this guy was going to be the future, like their catcher of the future. It was just yeah. like, win now. Travis Darno just signed a two-year extension. And like they just, unfortunately that, it's what they had to do to get something like this, is how trades work, right? You gotta give up a little bit something you yeah. like just to get that.
0: And then last but not yeah. least, uh our boy oh, wait, hold on. Chris Pat no. Chris, Christian Pat Pache. Uh um, if you have not been watching him in spring training, he is just a clinic out there in center field defensively. He's oh so, yeah. He's oh, so yeah. awesome. He he is a hustler too. He like dives for balls that you should not be diving for and makes these amazing plays. He covers the ground um, like perfectly uh, when Ramon comes back, Ramon's probably be moving to right field because uh, it'd be is better just... for his arm too. Yeah, with I Ramon's agree. Arm. Yeah, yeah. And with those two, and then probably Chad Pinder in left field, like that—that's going to be three big arms and three fast guys out there who're going to cover a lot of ground defensively. We're going to be very good in the outfield. Um, he's already ready. He's going to be our starting center fielder on opening day. He's—he's—he's he's, he's so good. Really fast. We don't really know too much about his bat yet, though, but he does have some power. Um, There's not enough evidence to see exactly what he can do with it, but he's got some pop, so watch out for that. Um, And I think what's going to benefit him, too... Tends like 20, 20 home runs, 25 home runs each season.
1: If and when he does go to Vegas, because, you know, their balls are he's probably going to have to go spend some time out there at some point during his tenure. I in don't insulin. think
0: so, man. I think. Oh, it's uh,
1: like. Point, yeah. yeah at some but point. like when he's rehabbing, whatever I was like, Dude, be.
0: it looks like he's going to he's gonna start in center field on opening day. I don't know.
1: <laughs> That's going to be some confidence booster. Yeah. And then last thing about him, and I thought this was hella funny. So, you know, uh, I have cats and. Uh, you whenever do. you have pets, you just give your pet, your pets have multiple nicknames, right? So, um, a nickname I have for Peach is Patches because it was a slip of the tongue by Ann Whitney's dad. She, he had called her Patch. So Patches, Patches of land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I was really into playing the show last year, Christian Patcher, I kept getting his cards. So I kept calling her Christian Patches. I'm like so center wait. fielder for the Atlanta Braves. And then little did we know. Are you going to start calling her that now instead? Christian Patrick? Of course. I've, I've been calling her that before the trade. The okay. uh, last thing too, the guy played in the World Series. And he played in the yeah. NLCS. And he made yeah. really good plays out there. So. All, right. Mm-hmm. All right. Last but not least, our boy, Chaptain America, uh, man, Chap, Matt Chapman. This one sucked. Uh, arguably the the one that hurt the most. Was, I don't know, but... Again, another huge. People were really pissed off this about sh- this haul too. I no, I think this is a really great deal. I did that. too.
0: I did too. But but Ace Twitter at first was really upset. I'm sorry. You should go ahead and just it's, say what it it's is. It's because bad. they probably didn't do enough research. Yeah. And they don't. But that's why them. we're here.
1: Yeah. that's To it. educate them. That's her unpaid job. Uh, Kevin Smith, not the director. Uh, he has one been one of the top prospects in the Blitz J system for some time. He played a little bit last year. He's coming to Oakland. Uh, Gunnar Hoglund, who is actually A.J. Puck's college uh, rotation mate in Florida. Um, And he's Mm -hmm. a right-handed pitcher. And then a couple lefties, Zach Luge and Kirby Snead. Kirby Snead, not the pink guy. But uh, Kirby Snead's probably going to be coming out of the pen. And um, doing work. Another lefty out of the pen. They just need that. They lost two guys who have been rocks over the last couple of years, really. Say what you want about Jake Diekman, but in terms of a serviceable lefty out of the pen, he did the job. And then mm-hmm. uh, Andrew Chafin was pretty freaking good for most of the time as an A. Was he... Should should he have been the closer? That's something we're never really going to... Yeah, he's reliable. So um, I think for one, that's probably one of the more underrated trades is getting Snead in the deal because just yeah. like the pen was a freaking dumpster fire last year also speaking of that forgot to mention former oakland great Sergio romo going to seattle so catching that at the top but what was your initial reaction to this what are you know how are you feeling now that the dust has settled a little bit
0: uh my initial reaction was who the fuck are these guys and then i looked them up and then i looked up mostly kevin smith's uh background um, I feel like we've been burned a couple times on these guys that were, they were when they got drafted high prospects and then they fell off and they didn't develop well, but they come to our system and they'll, they'll get right back on track. And like, sometimes it just feels like it doesn't work out a lot that, in that way. Like, um, uh, Grant Green is someone who comes to mind in that situation, but I, um, Kevin Smith has been dope in he's been a fun to watch in spring training. I mm-hmm. I I'm on the Kevin Smith train now. Like if he starts at third base, I'll I'm I'll be cool with that. Um he he's been getting hits in big spots. He's been great defensively. Um yeah, I I I I I mean Gunnar Hogland we're not going to probably see for a couple of years, so it's it's hard for me to tell what what the deal is with him. Um so we'll see how he develops in in the system. We have great Pitching development in our in our minor league system, so hopefully they'll they'll get get everything they can out of him. But yeah, Kevin Smith, I I actually I, I like a lot after watching uh spring training games all all this week and, and seeing him play. This he is can.
1: probably going to be the trade we're not going to mm-hmm. see the most ups, upside. Excuse me, upside four. Yeah, and, and for at least another couple of years, Kevin Smith will probably be an everyday guy this year, mm-hmm. and then Kirby. Excuse me, Kirby Snead will be in the pen. Yeah. Um I think what everybody's scared about is I think we are all have major PTSD of trading third baseman to the Blue Jays. Yeah. But As long look, as long as none of these guys try to start a fight with
0: <laughs> one of their teammates in the locker room, then yeah.
1: We're in good shape, but
0: you know. Danny I, Valencia was like an over-the-hill, like egomaniac, though. So yeah, the reputation is kind of a dick. This is like Kevin Smith is a young dude. He's probably like looking to. He's just like he's happy. He's looking to you know make a name for himself. I, I He think seems the, to be. He's like he's hanging. It looks like he's hanging out with Nick Allen in the dugout. Like it seems like he's getting along with the guys. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm actually, I'm actually pretty excited about the future of our infield. So before we kind of jump to the next subject
1: what would be because i had to do this for my dad (laughs) he was like i called him when the trades went down he was just like bring me some good he's like oh no get me excited so what would you tell the ace fans who are haven't had a chance to really look into it there you have your pet they have their pessimism still Mm -hmm. what is your words of encouragement for this team in you know whether it be this year or in the near future
0: in terms of these moves or the team in, in general. Um the the moves, you know, I, they're kind of correlated with each other, right? Yeah. Uh I I would say the future um infield for this team looks fucking good. Nick Allen, uh, he just got demoted to AAA which is unfortunate. I'll get into that in a second. Uh, my thoughts on that, but he was hitting seven, seven fourteen in, in spring. This he year. was hitting
1: some bombs too. On top
0: of putting on a clinic at shortstop. He is going to win a go glove at shortstop. I'm telling you that if now he's fans, Julio market mm. right now, Chris said Nick Allen will win a shortstop gold glove. It will happen. He is that good. He showed his stuff in the Olympics last year. You got a great glimpse of it. He's doing it again in spring. He's just fun too. He uh, Dallas interviewed him the other day on the broadcast um, in the last couple innings, and he's just like a funny dude. Um, uh, uh, sorry. Oh, my God. I'm totally blank. Oh, Max Muncie. He's going to be a lot of fun to see. Uh, Zach Geloff has been tearing it up uh, in spring Zach training. Too. Has been tearing it up too, but he, he's got to get his back going. Um, and uh, obviously, Tyra Soderstrom, once they eventually officially move him over to first base. Our infield is going to be. Is going to be very good, and if and if it's hitting, if they hit as well as they have been hitting, um, in in the minor leagues, it's going to be like another 2018 four all stars in the infield. Oh know. I guess they, we, you reminded me earlier that there wasn't that 2019 four all stars in the infield. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. So I would be very excited about that.
1: Yeah, I, I, what I was going to say is like this is the way they're at least what this this core looks like right now if they're going to continue with these guys in the future this is going to be an elite defensive team yeah this is going to be like one of the and i think that's they're really kind of playing in what the coliseum if you know if the coliseum is still going to be there a few years from now whether it be howard terminal or you know elsewhere this is going to be the team that Their most important thing, their bread and butter, is going to be defense. Um, And plus, the A's were a bottom three-team farm system. These trades alone have pushed them up to the mid-level. What's going to get them over the top is the development of the guys you mentioned, of Soderstrom, Nick Allen, um, Langer and, And Max Muncy. Max Munty, Galloff. If these guys Mangle can layers, shoot no. up,
0: Minglingaleer is kind of already developed. I feel like it's mostly yeah, the, like if the, the really young guys. Yeah. If these guys
1: can live up to that potential, this is a this has a lot of. I said potential again. I don't want to repeat myself, saying the same word twice. Ah, eh, whatever. But this, Not yeah, fuck teacher. it. Uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, they have the potential to be like one of the strongest farm systems. So these next couple of years are going to be really important because it's like you know, the right times of bringing the right players up. Is it, you know, how do you kind of learn the inflation of playing in Vegas with the AAA? So now these next couple of years, it's going to be a lot of learning and there's no way to learn more than bringing in some veterans. Look at that transition. God damn it. Chris,
0: the boys are back in town. Chris, I don't want to stop. Cause he was so good. Keep going. The boys are back. Yeah. So the yeah. A's, the a's uh, re-signed a couple uh, key uh, key uh, veterans that you all know and love very well. Stephen Vogt um, signed a Vogt's deal back, last week. Jed Lowry just signed another deal to come back as well this year. Jed's yeah, coming back. Uh, get some veteran leadership in the, in the locker room because um, it's a whole lot of youngsters, as we were saying earlier. Um, and uh, yeah, it'll be great, especially Stephen Vogt. He'll just he's just gonna have a ball um in the dugout and he's going to he look <clears throat> there is a lot of potential with this lineup. Um there's a lot of young question marks with it, but I personally think there's a lot of potential. We just talked about the the defense and the in the hitting, but it's the starting pitching that is what really excites me personally because there's going to be a, a lot of depth to the starting pitching because I mean we thought that Manaya and Frankie were going to be gone. Um, we and then could've... they both got an arbitration deal. And, yeah, and it looks like from from uh, the reports that we're getting, so it sounded like the original report, which was Ken Rothenthal, was saying that it sounds like the A's are not looking to move Frankie Montas. They are still open to Sean Manaya. And then a couple hours later, John Heyman had tweeted that he had spoken to a lot of executives who are in talks with the A's and they're getting the feeling that the A's have no interest in, in trading Shamanaia and Frankie Montas. Now, that report I would find I would uh lean heavily to uh being pretty uh realistic because if he's talking to executives who are trying to negotiate with with the A's and they are getting that feeling, it means that those executives are probably offering pretty good packages for Sean Mania, and the A's are still turning them down, which is only one sign that the A's don't really intend to move those guys unless the package is like out of the park, Matt Olson level. So, sounds like Mania and and Frankie are still going to be here this year, and we probably could we probably could have put together a starting rotation without them.
1: Yeah, and I think having somebody like Vogue, who's going to be helping you know, he was just on a World Series winning team. He's yeah. still got the letter. To me, this seems He's a seems great like, leader, too. He's a great yeah, leader. Yeah, great leader. This seems like a couple things. One, the Swan Song. I think he really loved his time in Oakland. Yeah. And that, you know, he wants to kind of finish his career there. But also, I wouldn't be shocked if when he does retire next offseason, he's still going to be sitting on that bench in a coaching position yeah. or somewhere in the minors or if you're going to see him in the booth. Of working alongside with with glenn like there's gonna be a lot there's a lot there's so much potential folk in this mm-hmm. organization post past his playing career just having them there having somebody who's going to be exciting and that we all can gravitate to of course um you know he's,
0: he's really gonna help real quick you know he's really gonna help is sean murphy i just realized this absolutely yeah like one thing that vote always did well he's, he was a great leader and a great clubhouse chemistry guy he can really help sean murphy with that and like growing these relationships with the pitchers and like trying to like showing Murph, how to be a leader and how to, how to like, you know, manage these personalities and the rotation and then the pitching staff.
1: Yeah, totally. And, um, I, and Murph, I think one of the more underrated things about Jan Gomes this last half of the season. And I think there was probably some things that Jan taught him. I don't know if we're really going to, I love to have somebody who's on, you know, if we have any of our friends who are in the ACE press who are in zoom calls and stuff can you ask Sean Murphy what the impact of having a veteran like Jan Gomes was like and what advice he gave him? That'd be great. But it has potential to do that later. Uh, but I think another move we got to talk about, the, the Billy McKinney trait, the signing, I, we'll see. It might have been another arm. It might have been another body to have in for spring training.
0: I don't know, but, but, but who's going to play first if not McKinney? That's the thing. Bill McKinney's an outfielder. He played first today. We'll
1: get we'll get to that actually. Okay. Next time. But um, I think Sheldon Noisy, Chris, go take a lap. Go. You did it. You called it on this last podcast. I think you called it. I didn't call it. I thought it was you. I thought it was you. Where, where you're like, e- look. Either way, let's pat ourselves in the back. Melissa gave us a shout out on Twitter for she it. Did. So, um, but. No, like, hey, at the end of the day, this is a team that it's an open competition for a few positions in mm. that infield and have somebody who's got a familiarity with the system and playing in Oakland, screw it. And he just came back from a stint with the Dodgers where I'm sure he probably was able to take in a lot of information from playing on that yeah. over there as well.
0: Oh, I, so, I thought you were like burping yeah? or something. No, I um, no, I'm done. uh. <laughs> Yeah, so do you, let's should we should we do our potential lineups for the season? Let's <coughs> jump into yes, it. Let me get in my little because what I, to I had to say next is gonna relate to that. So I might as okay, well just jump go into for it. That. Oh, yeah, do it, do it. So um, I I don't think too much of the Billy McKinney trade. I think they just need depth at first base because right now they don't really have any have a first baseman. Um, it it might have to be Eric Thames, dude, because I don't. I mean, I you know who I really want to see at first base is Sheldon Noisy, because I it. Uh, there's not really any other fit for him in the infield right now. Uh, like, and and, and I, I don't know. I mean, we we don't have a first baseman. The guy hits home runs. It'd be nice to just have him get some steady playing time in a position where we need some help. I I don't know. Um, but uh, all right, who's your lead off hitter? My uh, well, I'm, you want to do it by batting order? That was how I how I had it written down here. Okay. Um. So do we? Just, you get wanna, say your leadoff hitter, I say mine. Okay, but do we want to do what we think or what we want? What we want. What we want? Okay. Because I was going to do what we think, and then I was going to go on a tangent at the end about what I want. Okay. Well, we'll just go. whatever you think works best. We're doing okay. this live, folks. Christian Pache <laughs> is going to lead off. He's going to play center field. Who's yours? Okay. Uh,
1: Tony Kemp. Tony Kemp's my leadoff hitter. He's going to be playing. He's going to be the everyday second baseman. I think he absolutely deserved it over the last couple months of the season last year.
0: Uh, Tony Kemp is going to be hitting second for me um, and playing second base. So we're similar vibe. Christian Pache. Look at that, Number two hitter playing
1: center field. Look at that. So Uh, I wonder what was the logic behind... One over the other. I think TK just is a little more experienced of a hitter and has yeah. been around the majors. So that was my, kind of my logic. It's like, hey, you want somebody who's gonna have a little more of that you know, who's been playing in that in the bigs for a little bit longer, who knows can see pitches, work up counts, especially after this last year. So my my thought
0: process is that uh uh the second the second order in the lineup has more at bats with runners on base. So I would want someone who has more experience and, and has been in those bigger moments, not a rookie to sit and uh, to bat in that position. Okay. Um, just to take the, just to take the pressure off of them. Um, so yeah. Who's your three hole um, hitter? My three hole hitter starting May 15th is going to be Ramon Laureano, but, uh, starting opening day, it's going to be, uh, uh, Sean Murphy.
1: My third hole hitter is also Ramona. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little funny. Which is
0: all right. I'll go tell you my four. And this. So, look, so I, then, so then, can we just do our, our batting order not Opening day, starting May fifteenth, when Ramon comes back. Sure. Let's okay. just do what our okay. everyday okay. lineup okay, post suspension
1: cool. would look like. Who's your okay. four hole? Uh,
0: Thames Eric Thames.
1: I had Sean Murphy as my four hole hitter. Sean's gonna Sean's my fifth, and my. Fifth hole hitter is a is a my first base combo. Okay. Is Eric Thames, but then I think Seth Brown should start getting some more love playing first.
0: I yeah, know he, He'll, he he probably has, will start at first base, huh?
1: Yeah, he, I think he should because it's funny that like oh that like outfield is a wide open competition, but once Ramon comes back, it's not. I mm-hmm. think Pender's going to be playing every day. Pache is going to be in center and then Ramon's in right. So yeah. it's like there's exactly. So I think there's going to be a combo over there. And then in your six hole,
0: who do you got? Uh, Kevin Smith. Interesting. Yeah. I think you're pretty high. You're high up in, on him that quickly. He's been playing. He started the last three games at third base. I think they're, they're really uh, like pushing. But it. as a, as a six hole hitter. Uh, I just, I mean, I don't, I don't really know where else to plug him okay six uh, in, in my opinion six and seven are pretty interchangeable um, okay you want some more speed um, at the end so i was going to put speed guys at eight and nine uh, uh seventh or sixth i had pender okay. pender and
1: starting in left field it's going down and yelling pender nice and then um, who do you have in the seven hole
0: at the seven hole it would be Seth Brown, I guess, or whoever ends up starting at first base. I would like it to be Sheldon Noisy, but he hasn't played any first base in spring. I can't imagine they just throw him in there middle of the season. So um Seth Brown. I had seven. this is my DH hole. And even though I was just
1: reading he still wants to play in the field, you know, we'll see. I had Jed. Jed's just gonna be the no. DH playing there. Uh in the eighth spot, this is where I, as my starting third baseman is where I had Kevin Smith is okay. going to be playing. Just, you know, yeah. no major expectations right off the bat. for that, that That was my mindset when you put him in the eighth spot. I know he got to play a little bit in the bigs last year, but this yeah. is like even less pressured situation. You're, so that was my logic for that one.
0: I want some speed back at the bottom, so I have uh, Chad Pinder at eight.
1: Got it, got yeah. it, and then and then we both we have both, Elvis we... at nine, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. that's
0: his spot. Yeah. He he like he was there all se- last season too. So this now, is, this is my tangent. Go ahead. Do you have a bench? Uh, I had four. I no, had four guys. I only did a batting order. Okay, or go ahead and think
1: of a couple. I have, I have a feeling we're probably going to be in the same yeah. mindset. Well, I mean, uh,
0: um, go ahead. You go ahead. You go ahead.
1: Stephen Vogt, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sheldon Noisy. Yeah. Both agree on that.
0: Piscotty, yeah. Piscotty. He's uh, he just got. He's hurt. He just got. Um, didn't he just have surgery? Hi- hypothetical. Okay, I, I didn't. Did he get hurt? Shit. Yeah, I think he just had surgery. I don't think it's a. I think it's like a two month like injury recovery thing. But um, don't quote me on that. But um, yeah, I didn't expect him to be on the opening day lineup because he's because of his injury. Left like, shoulder discomfort. Yeah, he hasn't even been playing well, that- spring this whole week.
1: Well, then that leads to my other guy. Who will this finally be? It we'll see. Uh, Skybolt. Yeah, Skybolt has it has had, to be it, man. It has. He has no option at this point. The guy has been tearing it up in Vegas. He gets mm. called hitting wise. He's always been a pretty solid defender. He's always got really good speed, but he's never been able to figure out hitting in the bigs. So if this is your last opportunity, dude. Figure it out now, or you're gonna be
0: you know, be the DFA guy, every other team. So I want to go back to Elvis Andrews. The A's should cut Elvis Andrews. He has zero value left in a modern day baseball. He hits around 210. He hits less than 10 home runs. He is above average defensively, but there's nothing about him that like sparks off the page where it's like, we're playing him for his defense. And we have Nick Allen, who has been killing in the spring. He killed it on Team USA. He's been killing it in the minors all last season. He deserves a shot to be the everyday shortstop. He deserves a chance to be in the big leagues. And they just demoted him to AAA this year. To me, I don't I don't understand the value in in uh in Elvis except for the fact that there's still money left on his deal. And because we got him in the trade last year, it's like they feel like they have to play him. Because they're already paying him, just just cut your losses with the guy. Like I'm sorry, Elvis is great. He's a veteran presence. That's probably why they're keeping him, really, because of he's he's going to be a veteran leader in the clubhouse. But he has zero value left. And we have a kid who's been killing it, who we really need to see, like truth truthfully, like what we got with him. And uh, and he's uh, better. Like I, I just, would you rather have a guy who's going to hit? Uh, if I were to predict Nick Allen's stats this season, I think this is pretty realistic. 250, 15-plus home runs, potentially 20? Or would you rather have Elvis Andrews, who's going to hit 210 and eight home runs? I mean, obviously, you'd rather have
1: Nick Allen because it's just like to get those reps in at major league level as soon as we can.
0: And he's going to be a stud for us at shortstop and potentially be a Gold Glove finalist this season in his rookie season. Potentially win
1: Rookie of the Year. Do you think there is any, any sort of galaxy multiverse where elvis could get hot for the first half of the season and the a's could
0: trade him no you think there's no shot that's happening no you think he's just completely done i think he's done man i think he is a lost cause at this point and i think that there are teams that are a little bit more competitive than us potentially that could use a more consistent you know where he'd be a really shortstop you know, you know where he would actually be
1: a really good fit? Right down the five freeway Angels, in Anaheim.
0: Yeah, that's what I was thinking too.
1: Think Well, think about it, dude. You can get away with having somebody like that when you have that potential potent of a stacked lineup.
0: He's also not going to have so much pressure on him to have to um, perform offensively down there where he kind of does. Yeah, I'd, I'd call it the Angels now, right this now. Year.
1: And I'd be like, all right, Elvis is yours. Give us... Yeah, you just drafted fifty pitchers. I Give just us don't two of get guys. it,
0: and there's nothing that makes me think that he's going to be different with his bat this season. His spring, he's hitting yeah. like 180. Yeah, I, it's yeah. And it Nick was... Allen's hitting 700. Ugh. I I and I know maybe some listeners are listening to this. Like Chris, you've been on the Nick Allen train for a year and a half now, so you're just like being stubborn in your take. No, dude, like go go watch him play and go look at his numbers. Like this kid. I, I am I really think there's a lot of potential with him. I I genuinely think he can be a 260 to 270 hitter, 20 plus home runs, and a gold glover. There's potential there for that. Absolutely. Will he be that? But there's
1: a lot of potential there for that. What Chapman was, the hype of
0: how good he was
1: defensively when he first came up, is going to be what Nick Allen is right now. Yeah.
0: And and so, with what okay. he's doing with his bat, he could. He could not be Matt Chapman bat, but he could be very good. Now, before we go, Chris,
1: we have some MLB breaking news that just happened. Oh, we do. Albert Pujols is going back to St. Louis. Oh, nice. Hell Sending yeah. A one year, so the one last ride with those old guys of Wainwright, Pujols, and Molina. I guess they need. So a DH, I got a probably, official. So. So I got official word from uh Cardinals mega fan and a good friend of the pod, Ronnie, Ronnie Wyant, who said, yeah, boy.
0: On that note, we're going to end the podcast. Thank you for listening. Um, <laughs> no, but we actually are going to end the podcast. Um, we got, we have our season preview pods coming, um, this week. We're going to do two of them. One for the NL, one for the AL. We're do- doing the same thing as we did last year. Um, ranking um the teams in the in the di- in the divisions or whatever and that's how we pick it um might have some guests with us julio we gotta probably work on that huh? oh no we do for al um and now we gotta find someone
1: yeah we're, we're, we're putting that together it's been a very busy last three weeks for for the both of us so yeah we'll
0: see uh but it'll be fun um i hope you learned something today um i hope you guys are gonna get excited about these prospects because they are a lot of fun to watch um check out spring training games they are on nbc sports california uh for the home games this entire week um i will be at opening day so if you see me be like what's up chris and i'll be like what's up dude uh um, hey you're the guy that took the foul ball off the chest <laughs> i am that guy i'll be wearing the same jersey and everything um last but not least Julio. Make sure you give us a follow
1: if you haven't been going on Twitter. Oh, I we've been plug. having a t- yeah, it's okay, it's okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. We've been having a ton of fun on Twitter lately. A lot of interaction with Oakland A's fans. Um, we love talking with all of you guys. So please, let's keep this momentum going. Um, are we trying to make money off of this? Re- realistically, we'd love to, but we're not going to. Um, <laughs> we just love to kind of hear a little bit of everybody's opinion and kind of go through. These last what we had to go through these last couple weeks together, and either way, we're gonna love this team. And also, quick shout out: uh, I had a, a fun hobby that I've picked up the last couple months, which has been curling. There's a Southern California Curling Center, and I went for an open practice. We did a little practice thing, and Whitney and I signed up to be a part of a league. We got paired up with another couple. Guess what? We went five and zero. And we won our championship. So I just want to show off my little trophy here. Look at this bad boy.
0: My friends. Congratulations, Julio.
1: Rookie rookie of the year for curling. And also got this bad boy of an injury going on here. How'd you do that? I fell really hard last weekend on my elbow and I got bursitis. Anyways. Was it while you um, were, like, uh, brushing? I was sweeping and I just ate shit. Mm. If you are in the East Bay and you are interested in trying out any curling, I actually learned that there is a curling center in Oakland, folks. Uh, It is called the the inappropriately named San Francisco Barrier Curling Club in Oakland. It's on Enterprise Way. And guess what, folks? It's just around the corner from the Oakland Coliseum. Nice. Right off of Hagenburger. So if you have any interest in trying it out, please do so. It's a good time. But last but not least, I'll go ahead and pick up where you left. Let's go,
0: Glenn. Yeah. See you opening day, everybody. The Town Tailgate is an independently produced podcast. It is written and executive produced by this guy, Chris Madrigal, and my partner in crime, Julio Reynoso. It is sound mixed and edited by yours truly social media management and marketing is run by once again my partner julio and a special thanks and shout out to my brother larry madrigal for composing and producing our theme song as well as graphic designing our album cover and artwork thank you so much for listening everybody please tune in next week please subscribe and last but not least as we always say Let's go, Oakland.